It's on page 1077 of the Church Bibles. And we'll also be reading to verse 27. Um, so yeah, page 1077. Chapter 11, verse 1. Now a man named Lazarus was ill. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay ill, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is ill. When he heard this, Jesus said, this illness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you are going back? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go, that we may die with him. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, but I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. As we, uh, yeah, let's, as we turn to John 11, it's an extraordinary passage. Uh, so let me pray for us. Uh, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. Father, we uh, want to pray that as we uh, think about uh, uh, the Lord Jesus, uh, his great work uh, in not just bringing us life in death, but certain hope, confidence now in the light of that, that we might rest in your love. Father, through uh, the trials and difficulties, we want to pray that you would, uh, like Martha, we would be those who run to the Lord Jesus, uh, not away from him. Please, would we uh, know and be settled uh, to rest, knowing that we are loved by him. For we ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. Uh, how many of you have, uh, have done jury service here? Have any of you had that experience? It's an odd thing, 
Um, it really is because you don't know what you're going into. You kind of sit there and there's all this kind of coming and going, and then and then up stands somebody who reads out the charges, and that's the first point where you're kind of like, right, this is what I'm going to be spending the next however long kind of thinking about. Uh, mine was nine counts of sexual assault um, of children. And you could just see the, 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 oh, it's the jury just going on. And I, I, I'm not going to tell you too much about that because it's not really the point. But I guess the thing is, is as, you, as, as you're hearing the story, you're, you're trying to piece together what happens. And part of being on the jury is not to make assumptions about the story. Uh, all that's going on, you're, you're, you're trying to piece it together. And, and interesting, as information comes to light, as witnesses make their testimony and all the rest of it, you, you, you build up this bigger and bigger picture. And in our case, was, for me personally, it was, it was extraordinary how that changed as started to see the, the, the bigger picture of what had, had gone on. Uh, I wonder if you've been in a situation where it seems to you like God, uh, well, not just doesn't care about you, but maybe seems to be actively crushing you, punishing you, abandoning you, hurting you or those whom you love. Have you ever felt like that? Maybe, maybe you or someone uh, close to you is, is uh, unwell and not getting better. Maybe someone who's just going through just relentless, one thing after uh, another. Uh, and in the midst of all that, you're praying, saying, Lord, kind of... Uh, I could see it. Look, this, please intervene in this situation, Lord. Do what is good and right here. And, and those prayers don't seem to be answered. And you might be thinking, God, why, why is this happening? Why, why are you acting? If, if, if you loved us, surely you would do something. You're not doing something. Therefore, I conclude you don't love don't love me, you don't love them. God's powerful, he can do something. He seems to do it for other people, but he doesn't do it for me. Therefore, there's something about me that means that God is acting in this way. And look, if you've, if you've not felt that, I, I'm kind of guessing one day you will. Why, why do I say that? Because again and again through the pages of, of the Bible, and particularly in the Psalms, we find that to be the experience of God's people. In other words, it's not, it's not a weakness. It, 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 it is a, a reality of living in a world where it can be hard trusting and following in the Lord Jesus. And, and what we learn from uh, John 11 today is... Is, uh, it's a humbling lesson because, because we're in one place in time, in God's purposes, and we don't see the full story, not yet anyway. And we might never see that full story, um, but, but that isn't to say there's not a bigger thing going on. And that's the lesson that Mary and Martha and Jesus' disciples had to learn. John introduces this family, verse 1. Uh, Mary, Martha and Lazarus, they're friends of Jesus. Uh, they live in Bethany, a, a, a little village just outside of Jerusalem. And we're told, verse 1, a man named Lazarus was ill. 
was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary, verse 2, was the, the, the brother of Lazarus, uh, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his hair with her feet. Now that happens uh, in the next chapter, that's coming, but, but Mary's known in the church and John can, okay, it's this, this Mary, okay? And, and, and Lazarus is sick, verse 1, so uh, these two sisters send this message to Jesus. Uh, Jesus, uh, can work out, is, is a couple of days away uh, on the other side of the river Jordan. And the, and the message there in verse 3, Lord, the one you love is sick. Now, this is, a, this is a urgent message because Lazarus hasn't just got a bit of man flu here. Okay. Lazarus is dying. And they know that. And it is, it's urgent, but it's also expectance. But why? Because, look, you know, the, the, here is the assumption that in sending this message, two days' journey to Jesus, is simply because they know Jesus, they believe in Jesus, they, they know his character. He knows that, verse 3, the one you love is sick. You love Lazarus. And, they, and they, they know that he could do something, he can intervene in this situation. And I wonder, have you ever prayed like that to God? Lord, please do something, you could do something here. Please. Well, here this request goes to, to Jesus. And so verse 3 is just loaded, isn't it, with expectation. What will Jesus do? And the response of Jesus here is, is extraordinary. And um, we're going to spend a bit of time this morning dwelling on it. Jesus hears this news of Lazarus's illness. And he says to his disciples, verse 4, When he heard this, Jesus said, this illness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. And my, my goal for the, this talk this morning, if, if I can, um, is to help us to embrace these words, because as we embrace them, they will pretty well much help you endure anything in this world. Anything. If you embrace these words. You see, Jesus, he's, he sees the big picture. Yeah? He sees what we can't see. He sees what sometimes we resist from seeing. He knows God's going to do something extraordinary. Uh, Lazarus's sickness and what it will lead to, he says, is for the glory of God displayed through Jesus Christ. Now, you might think, well, it's poor, poor Lazarus, Jesus using this poor family for his own callous purposes. No, just again, take, take in what the next verse, verse 5. Okay, in the midst of all of this, John kind of underlines this for us because this is so important and we easily skip over it. Verse 5, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So just say that twice. Already we've been told this, okay, twice. Uh, we're told that Jesus loved Lazarus. The one that you love is ill. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Now, uh, why, is G why is John underlining this for us? Because what we're about to read, we would never expect had we not been told that, okay? 
so important. What is the point of the message? Kind of Jesus, uh, Jesus, you love him. So verse five, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So Jesus rushed to go and be with them because if any of you had had a message like that from one of your friends, one of your family who you loved, you would probably drop everything to go and be with them. I've spent time with dying people whose family have crossed seas, who have driven through the night, who have put down everything to be with their loved one in death. Seen that again and again. Of course you would. And here's Jesus. What, you know, this is what they want. Come. And we really get a sense of that later on from Martha. When, when Jesus is with them, again verse 31, look at Martha's words. Lord Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, if you had been here, you're there longing for it to be with him. And, and what do we expect Jesus to do? Verse 6. Jesus loved Lazarus, so when he heard Lazarus was ill, he stayed where he was two more days. So what's going on? Jesus, what are you doing? But it's important, that word so, verse 6, verse 6, so, because he loved, says John, so Jesus delayed going to see him. He loved, so he delays. Now, uh, let's just think about a love for Jesus, sorry, a love of Jesus for Lazarus moved him to let Lazarus die. And again, think of the experience of that for Mary and Martha. That the, the one that he loved and his family in Jesus' love are going to experience the decline and then the death of Lazarus. Now, I'm, I'm labouring this point because I suspect that many here would probably kind of sort of kind of say, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm happy with this because, yeah, I can trust this. I, you know, I can, I can sort of see this. But, but the question is, 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 do we really believe this in our hearts? That's the key question. Do we really believe this in our hearts? Because John is writing this, he's intending uh, that uh, anyone reading this to ask this question, well, how is this love? How is what Jesus is doing here expressing the love of God for Lazarus and Mary and Martha? Now John's gone is out of his way to set this up. And look, we know how the story ends. Uh, and the back of our hands goes, no, but he raises him from the dead. He raises it from the dead. We know. It's all right. It's all happy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's, going, it's okay. Don't worry, Martha. It's all right. Jesus is all right. But the point is, is no, no, we've got to stop. We've got to slow down. Okay? Because in this delay, okay, this is where God is working. Okay? This is where Jesus is loving. And we need to know, and this is written for us, not... Not just so that we would know the outcome of the story, but that we would know how to live as God's people in the waiting. In the waiting. You know, the situation at Bethany, 
I, I, many of you will have been there, that anxiousness, the waiting, that not being able to sleep, the tossing and turning, the wake, waiting, you can't sit down, you can't stand up, you just kind of, you, that, that, that energy is going along all the while, you're attending on Lazarus, he's, he's getting worse, his, his breathing is labouring, uh, there's, there's just a sheer helplessness, there's nothing I can do here, and, and, and slowly Lazarus declines and he takes his last breath, and as he dies, all the hope that Mary and Martha had in Jesus lies shattered at their feet. You see that? You see, that, that, here was Jesus, their Lord. Here was the one, their friend, and, 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 uh, and, and Jesus isn't doing anything. Why hasn't he come? Now it's too late. We thought that he cared for Lazarus. And so the funeral takes place. Mary and Martha lay their brother in the tomb, and the tomb is closed. Now, what do you think their experience was at that point of God's love for them in Jesus? It just, it just can't make sense, can it? You know, it must seem to them that Jesus doesn't love them because he hasn't helped them. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. That's Mary's heartfelt cry. What, what is this? Well, uh, some have said, well, look, Jesus was two days away. By the time he gets there, as it's been four days in the tomb, uh, Jesus wouldn't have got there anyway. Of course, it, it, back in John 4, uh, Jesus, he healed the, the, the child of a royal official with a word from a distance. Yeah, that, that, that is within Jesus' capacity, and they would known that. All Jesus needed to do was say, Lazarus will live. That's all he needs to say. And Lazarus, his, heal, his, his illness would have been healed. Those three words, but he doesn't. He says, this sickness will not lead to death. And we need to see why that is the most loving thing that Jesus could do for Lazarus, Mary and Martha. And that love for them will overflow down through the centuries to God's people reading this gospel. These words have been such comfort to people. But for that comfort to come, it, it, kind of Mary and Martha had to go through that experience of feeling like we've been abandoned by God. And look, I, I want to say this, this isn't just an experience for Mary and Martha. Again and again, God's people will see uh, as, as though that God, his love is, is absent. It, 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 it's mystifying, it's bewildering. We can't make sense of it. What is God doing? Why does it feel like this? Uh, and, and many down the centuries have cried out like the psalmist, kind of, kind of Lord, you know, kind of, how long will this go on? Lord, what, what are you doing? At this point in the story, God's love is completely hidden from them. Indeed, in their experience, I think the opposite is probably true. And look, look, it's a wonderful promise, verse 4, that this illness will not lead in death. But, but Mary and Martha are two days away. They don't know that. They haven't heard that promise. And of course, even that promise is, is completely bewildering and mystifying to his disciples because they can't make sense of this. So, um, uh, verse 7, 
uh, the disciple uh, Jesus tells them, uh, let us go back to Judea. Two days later. And of course the disciples, they're completely baffled. Rabbi, they said a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you and yet you're going back. Uh, chapter 10 verse 31, uh, the, the Jews were going to try to kill Joseph, uh, Jesus. I, I don't know if that's ever been your experience of somebody intentionally, deliberately and seriously trying to kill you. Um, you know, vicars can be kind of quite unpopular people, but that hasn't been mine. It might have been, might have been yours. I imagine it's terrifying, a terrifying experience. Uh, you can appreciate the disciples' reaction. So they said, oh, geez, this is a suicide mission. Uh, are, you sure it's, are you sure it's necessary? Uh, Lazarus is sick, yeah, but that's sad. He'll recover, you said, it's all right. It's not, it's not that bad. He's, he's, he's not going to lead to death. This is fine. Let's not go back there, please. Um, but they need to understand this. Jesus' work isn't human agenda. So he has come to serve the will of God. And that is to, in doing his will, to display to Mary and Martha, his disciples, and the world reading this gospel, the glory of God in Jesus Christ. That is his intention. And so, even though this doesn't make sense to them, he tells them this illustration, verses 9 and 10. And Jesus answered them, are there not twelve hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they will see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. Because Jesus isn't warning here about the folly of doing a night hike, he's reminding them of what they know already. Uh, back in John chapter 4, Jesus met a blind man and he told his disciples, John 9, 4, he says, for as long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. In other words, it's still daytime, we do his work. Night is coming, he said, when no one can work. The 12, 12 hours of daylight will soon be completed, but while it is still light, Jesus will do the will of the Father. And here we start to see how this begins to unlock our passage today, because what Jesus is saying is, is that he is in complete control of events. Everything that is coming to pass is within his understanding, within his will, and he is bringing them about to do his purpose, the will of the Father. His appointed hour has not yet come. It will do, but not yet. And so in the midst of that, his disciples are to trust him and join Jesus as long as it's day. And that means going to the place where they may well be killed. Of course, that's a challenge, isn't it, for us? And look, remember, we, we don't always see the full picture, do we? We don't know the full story. And when you find yourself in those, those uncertain times, those situations when you're fearful, or when you're grieving, when you're at a loss, when you can't, you can't make sense of what's going on, when you don't see the story, the question is, are you going to keep sticking with Jesus? Or will you mutter like Thomas? Thomas says to the rest of the disciples, it's almost an aside, uh, let us also go that we may die with him. Now, uh, Don Carson graciously describes these words as words of raw courage and devotion. Come on, let's go. We're going to die, but we'll go. Or maybe it strikes me that they could just as well be words of a really disgruntled follower who can't believe his orders. 
But I think the point is, is that we, we mustn't rush through this bit because it's important to see just how bewildering Jesus' words are for the, those involved at this point. Jesus has told them that Lazarus' illness will not die in death, but then he doesn't rush off. And then he seems to go to the place of death to help somebody who's maybe not going to die. What's going on, Lord? So Jesus kind of makes it clear, verse 11. He announces that Lazarus has fallen asleep. I'm going there to wake him up. Verse 14. Then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad that I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. For your sake, for your sake, I was glad I was not there. He could probably also say for Mary and Martha's sake, I was glad I was not there. For Lazarus's sake, I'm glad I was not there. For your sake, I'm glad I was not there. Uh, all Mary, Martha's grief, uh, <laughs> Lazarus's death, uh, Jesus is allowing that for their benefit so that they may believe that they may see the glory of God, verse 4, in Jesus Christ. And, and you and I, as we read this passage, we, we might believe too, but, but not just a, a superficial belief, but a deeper, firmer belief that in the midst of upheaval, when nothing makes sense with what God is doing, uh, you have that which you can hold on to that is secure and steadfast. Jesus loved them, so he did not go, he did not heal, and in doing so, they would know the fuller extent of the love of God so that they would see his glory. That is what Jesus is doing. Love means needing, being given what we most need, isn't it? At any cost. And what we most need is, is not healing, but a full and endless experience of the love of God displaying the glory of God. John Piper, on this, on this verse, he puts it like this. He says, what will give you full and eternal joy? The answer in this text is clear. A revelation to your, of your soul to the glory of God, seeing and admiring and marvelling at and savouring the glory of God in Jesus Christ. When someone is willing to die, or to let your brother die, to give you this, he loves you. Jesus loves us enough to allow us to see that which is infinitely greater than our human desire to kind of end this trial, end <coughs> this pain, do away with this sorrow. He loves us too much for that. Here's the big picture for them. Uh, when God's love is sometimes hidden from us, when we can't see the full story, the big picture is this. They are loved. Jesus will wake Lazarus up, verse 11. Uh, I will wake him up, uh, not from sleep, but from death. And this is mind-boggling, as you can imagine. Uh, and um, 
And there verse so clearly, as Lazarus is to live, they will see God's glory. So if you, if you jump on ahead, and we'll see kind of how this then pans out. Uh, look at chapter 11, verse, uh, uh, verse halfway through verse, well, no, verse 39. There stood before Lazarus' tomb, Jesus says, take away the stone. But Lord Martha, the sister of the dead man, said, uh, by this time there is a bad odour for he's been there four days. I mean, there's just, there's just awkwardness around all that. Isn't there? I mean, but I mean, just take us another step back. Here is a grieving sister and Jesus is saying, open the tomb. It's like opening a wound, isn't it? But, but here's the thing, like a, like a, a, a good surgeon, sometimes a, a wound has to be opened so that it can heal. And, and here Jesus is going to open the tomb for something that will bring them such change. So they took away the stone. Uh, verse, verse 40, then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? And as the stone is open away, verse 43, Jesus said in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the, the dead man came out. And, you see, and here, here declares the great hope uh, for us as Christians. Jesus would embody death. He would become death as he dies to what bring us life. Uh, he is the resurrection and the life, as he told <coughs> Martha. And Jesus wanted them to know that Lazarus's death and consequently our death for those who believe in him is not the end. It's not our final destination. It's not where we're heading. It doesn't have the last word over our lives. No, uh, Lazarus's destination is life. But this is more than just being resuscitated out of the grave. Uh, this is the life of the deathless God that Jesus brings to his people. And in the complete plan and control of Jesus, Lazarus, Mary, Martha, his disciples, they serve us by going through this pain, this grief and even death. So that when we're facing death ourselves and we will we have that hope and we see the glory of God and that changes us and you can throw the weight of the world's circumstances against the promises of God's word uh, of God's truth his promise and God's promise will always always triumph and yes there will be times when God's love baffles us and we just don't understand what he's doing and where we can't make sense of it and, it, and, and God's love seems hidden to us and, and it is far from us. But where will we stand in that? We're to stand on his promise and his word. And we're to come to Jesus in the midst of that. And just as Jesus said to Martha, those, that extraordinary question at the end of verse 26, when he says, whoever lives by believing in me will never die, do you believe this? And that question echoes down through the centuries to us. Do you believe this? Or will our response be, frankly, half-hearted and tentative? I'll believe it, Lord, as long as it kind of works out according to my plan and control of things. Sometimes we just conclude things too quickly, don't we? We, we think that we know what is the right thing in this circumstances. And 
Friends, we just need to humble ourselves before God in that. Uh, Jesus delayed. He deliberately prolonged the grief and the pain of Martha. He exacerbated their pain. Not just through the anxiety of their brother's illness, but through the, the grief of his death and the kind of the crashing hope that they had in Jesus. Jesus deliberately allowed and exacerbated that in their lives. Is your view of God big enough to cope with that in your life? Jesus goes to the grave. He wants them and all of us to know that we can face anything in this life, certainly death, because he has power over the grave and he can raise the dead to his glory and to his purposes. And in the midst of all of that that goes on in life, his glory is displayed as his people trust him in that. Jesus had to delay because they had to learn to trust. And when we don't know the outcome of the story, we don't know what God is doing, we can't make sense of it. We'd say, I know that my Redeemer loves me. I hold on to that. It doesn't seem like it, but I believe that. And as I believe that, I know that in his plan and timing, he will work out what he is doing for my good. This afternoon, we're going to see more of that. Because, friends, we just need to learn this in our hearts through our experience. And that will be through pain, through sorrow. Because the aim of God's love for us is to bring us to the fullest knowledge and enjoyment of the glory of God as we know with hope that we are loved. Because Jesus didn't just let Lazarus die for this, did he? No, he died for this himself. The disciples still don't understand it. They, they're still just bewildered and confused. Even though they'd seen uh, and heard Jesus' words here, he went to the cross. He suffered for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. Well, uh, here we're given a foretaste of the resurrection of Jesus as he, he walks out of the tomb. The resurrection life. Uh, archaeologists in Bethany um, in the 1960s found some, some tombs and there were, in there all these the little boxes where they put all the, the, the bones and, and they're all marked with names and lots and lots and lots of them and, and there were names, there were Martha's and there were Mary's and there was even a Lazarus uh, in that tomb. Of course, you know, it might be a different Lazarus, it's my common name. I mean, uh, there, are, there are 11 Davids at Trinity Church Buxton. Um, so like, you know, there might be lots of Lazarus. I don't know, it doesn't matter. But the point is, Lazarus, Lazarus actually died again, didn't he? He died again. Like, and they went through that. And maybe Mary and Martha went through that funeral process all over again. Maybe they put him in the same tomb again when he died. Or maybe Lazarus did for Mary and Martha. We don't know, because it's not the point. The point is, even though he died, yet shall he live. These words are read out of funerals for this reason. We trust that we are loved with this love that even when it seems hidden to us, 
even when it mystifies us and bewilders us. And we really struggle to say, okay, God, how, how can you let this happen? What are you doing, Lord? The one who believes knows they are loved. And as they are loved, they trust and they hold this hope. And friends, that is precious. Let me pray. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. You are the resurrection and the life. Thank you that he lives. He gives this life to us as we trust and we follow him. That we might have a certain hope. Oh, Father, thank you best of all. Thank you that we are loved by Jesus. Help us to know that we are loved whatever we face in this world. Knowing, trusting that Jesus is good and in control and working that that which is best for us, that the glory of God might be displayed in our lives and for all eternity. We ask this in his name. Amen. Amen.